0: Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com.
1: Well, good morning, Real Life Church. We're so excited you're here worshiping with us today. And hey, happy Father's Day to each and every one of you fathers out there. We're so thankful for you whether you're watching online or you're right here with us in person let's stand to your feet we're gonna worship god big together this morning give him some praise man take
2: this opportunity today to really press into god i know it's so easy to get caught up in just the routine of a sunday morning get up wrangle the kids in the van grab a cup of coffee and take a seat by your friends but i think sometimes we miss that god is here he is alive he is in us man take this opportunity to really press into him to press into the freedom and the healing and the breakthrough that he brings It says, for your goodness and your mercy are going to follow me all the days of my life. It's his goodness coming after us. It's his goodness that draws us to him. So let's lift him up this morning. And I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. And in all my days. I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up until I lay my head, I will sing of the goodness of God.
3: Goodness. Yeah. We walk through life. and There's good times and there's bad times. But no matter where you're at, if you can rest in the knowledge that God is good, everything else fades away. Whether it's the good or the bad, we all know that it's just transitory. We rest in the goodness of God because we know that what he's done for us lasts for eternity. And so it is awesome to be able to give God praise and worship. So let's give it up for God one more time. Amen, amen. Man, I love to we'll hear you guys worship, To singing out to God. You know, God loves your worship, accepts your praise, and just it's what we're here for, to know that God's good and just to let the world know it. So again, thank you guys so much for being here. I want to take this opportunity, to, though. We have another group with us, and I want them to know that they are welcome as well. So will you guys give Real Life Online just a big hand? Just let them know that we know them and care about them. That's right, that's right. Hey, take 30 seconds. Find somebody around you. Tell them how good you are or glad you are to see them here today. Could go ahead and be seated. Man, a lot of excitement in the house today. I love it, I love it, I love it. Hey, if you're new with us today, just your first time here, maybe your second time, can I let you guys know that you are our honored guest, and we are so excited that you joined with us today at a gathering at Real Life, and I want to invite you to fill out the connection card that you have on your seat. Fill it out to your comfort level, and if you mark your first, this is your first time or second time, What we would love to do is we're not going to do anything weird, but we'd love to reach out to you through a text message, a phone call, just to get you connected and let you know what we're doing here in real life and what we're about. Just to get you, you know, see where you're at and just get connected with your story as well. So we would love for you to fill that out uh, and just drop that in a giving bucket at the end of the gathering. If you're a regular tender, we would love to have you guys fill that out as well, Uh, drop it in at the same point and we do this just to stay connected because we know life gets busy and we want everybody to know that we care about it we pray for you guys week in and week out we pray over these cards we've have handwritten notes we love to send out and so we don't want anybody to ever feel like they're alone and so if you guys do that it just helps us keep you guys connected on mission here in real life with what we're doing speaking of mission we are on a mission of real life it's to see people far from god discover the real life and purpose of jesus as it says up here And what that simply means is this, is that we know that people are dealing with stuff. There's brokenness in this world. You can't watch the news or just live life and not know that there's something not quite right. And we believe that we have an answer, and the answer is Jesus, and we want to give that to everybody. We want to bring the kingdom of heaven to everybody's world. And so as we do that, we want to live on mission with every one of you guys in here. And so we enjoy having you guys and we want you to be with us on that. And it really kind of leads into the message series that we're in right now. We're in our second week of a message series called That We May. And who knows that life is messy, life is broken. Sometimes we think everything's just going right and then we get that curveball that throws us off our feet. And so we left often with the question, am I good enough? Or did I do something wrong? Does God hate me? And the answer is God's pursuing you. God loves you. If you don't know the story of the prodigal son, I would encourage you to check that out. God is going after those that have ran from him because he has an election in their lives and he's looking for you. So we know that God's got something for you. We also have a very special speaker today. Now I told him I was going to really build him up because he is the hype man. That's what he does for us. You guys will know him because you see him week in and week out. And I don't have any crazy names for this guy, but what I do have is a friend Andrew Holcomb. I see a. I see, a, <laughs> I see a man that is on mission for God, he loves people, he loves God, and he loves you guys, and he's bringing a good word. So give it up for Drew Holcomb as he brings God's word. Barry, you went easy on
4: Man, I was psyching myself up, Barry. I thought you were going to really just lay me over the coals there, man. You big softy. I love you, bro. Man, welcome to Real Life Church. Good morning and happy Father's Day to all the dads. Man, I just think it's so awesome that you're here today. Uh, You know, it's so easy just to kick your feet up. And there's so many places you could be. But, man, all the dads here and even hanging out with us online, man, just proud of you guys for stepping up and leading your families well by putting God first in your lives today and every day. And so can we give it up for all the dads in the house just one more time? Don't don't let that pass you by how important it is, the role of a dad. And I think about in my own childhood growing up, also big shout out, my dad's in the building today. Love you, dad. I'm so glad you're here today. Thanks for supporting me. He always has. He always will. But I think about in our home, there's this little plaque that mom and dad had on the wall that said this. It said, any man can be a father, but it takes someone special to be a dad. And I think that's so true, isn't it? I think about, man, I think about all you stepdads out there. I think about all the foster dads. I think about the granddads that are raising some kids. Man, you guys are are so important. The the men that stepped up, right? So we're just so proud of you today. Happy Father's Day. I hope you're enjoying yourself today. Well, it's only right that we kick off Father's Day with a dad joke. I mean, that would be kind of silly to waste this opportunity. Uh, But before I do, I do have a quick story. So Sean did come to me a couple weeks ago and just said, hey, man, what would you think about ever giving a message on a Sunday and I was like whoa dude like that's that's kind of heavy man like I'm I'm excited I, I'm a little nervous I'm a lot nervous I'm humbled really just uh, by the chance to, to do this and, and just you know let God speak through me and and all that stuff but I said, man I just kind of have a problem with one thing and that's the title of this series and he's looking at me kind of concerned like what do you mean drew and I was like, well it, it's a big problem actually that the series is called that we may but shouldn't it really be called That Weed June? If your neighbor didn't get that, will you just look at them and say, hey, I'll explain it on the drive home, okay? <laughs> Dan, they're not going to get much better than that. So <laughs> some of you that came in with a high bar today, woo, we're going to look like the limbo here before we're over. Thank you for indulging me on a dad joke. Man, I I love this series, though. And I thought, man, Brian, Pastor Brian just set it up so well for us last week, really honing in on us being a chosen people, Uh, going to town on that Tootsie Pop, man. That was awesome, man. That was was a really cool illustration. We all enjoyed that. But I'm going to tell you, there's one truth that stood out to me from his message that I know just spoke to my life. Maybe it did yours. He said this. He said, until we know who we are, we won't know what to do. And I just thought that was a powerful truth for our lives. And I just want to bring to you today a couple more powerful truths from that same passage from this series. In fact, we're going to throw up here on the screen just a really, a really short chunk, and I promise we're going to uh, get to more of this here in a little bit. This is 1 Peter uh, chapter 2, verse 9. This is just a chunk of it. It says, you are a chosen people, a royal people priesthood. And so I'm going to really kind of focus in today on that royal priesthood. What does that mean? What does it mean to be a royal priesthood? Do we get crowns and scepters? Do we put on all black and get the white collar and signs of the cross and all that stuff? Not necessarily, right? Let's let's just take a moment and Put this in context, put it together. So I am going to ask you if you brought your Bible to go ahead and open it to First Peter. If you got the version app, get your phone out. You won't offend me if you're on your phones today. Uh, go ahead and get that open. And I'm going to give you actually a little bit of a life hack for how you can find First Peter. This is really cool. So First Peter, if you didn't know, is in the New Testament, right? So it's kind of the back half of your Bible. And here's this pro tip. First Peter, you can always find it by going to the book before Second Peter. So that's pretty cool, right? So that, that might help you find it. Thank you. That might help you find that. So 1 Peter chapter 2, we're going to go back a little bit a ways. Uh, Holly, are you rolling your eyes up there on me? Never, always. Uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, we're going to go back to verse 4 and kind of get into that. So follow along with, with me. It's going to be on the screen. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him, talking about Jesus here. A holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. So, who was Peter? We're reading a letter by him, right? Who was Peter? Who's he addressing in this text? Well, simply put, man, Peter, one of the 12 disciples. He is writing this letter towards the end of his life, towards the end of his ministry, uh, around 60 A.D., give or take. And basically, Peter, as a disciple, he walked in daily fellowship with Jesus. Jesus taught him by words, but you know that old saying goes, more is caught than taught. So so powerful just to walk with Jesus from town to town, seeing the miracles, hearing the parables, seeing how to live for God. And if we look in the book of Matthew, uh, this is pretty pretty powerful about Peter himself. This is uh, Jesus saying in Matthew 16, 18, it says, And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overflow. So not only did he walk with Jesus and was discipled by Jesus, but man, Peter had this huge call and responsibility and anointing on his life to be the rock for the church. Peter's a big deal. Peter's a big deal. So he's who is he writing this to? He's writing to the Roman churches. These are, these are Gentiles. These are young believers, not young in age, but just young in maturity. These are not the people that would have grown up going to the temple and reading the Torah and just all the, the, the things that happened, you know, from creation on. They, they just wouldn't have known that. They would have known that Jesus changed. Peter's life and the other people that witnessed to them, and then they just felt that change for themselves, right? So these people in the early church, they were being persecuted, persecuted in a way that we as the American church, praise God, haven't had to go through. Yeah, we haven't seen that yet. And he's telling these people, stay strong in the faith. Don't forget who you are. Don't forget where you've been, and don't forget everything that Jesus has done for you. Because really, if we forget that, if we stop being on mission, that has life and death, eternal life and death consequences, right? So he's just really encouraging them. And so maybe, maybe when I'm talking about being like young in the faith, maybe like spiritually immature, maybe that's resounding with some of you today. Maybe some of you are thinking, you know, I don't have all the answers. This is the first time in my life that I've ever even really committed to some form of regular church attendance or really trying to understand the Bible on my own, not just having it read to me. I just want to encourage you with this today, if that's you. Spiritual maturity has nothing to do with age. You don't just wake up one day in your 40s, your 50s, your 60s, your 70s, and poof, you got it, right? It's like everything else. It's a muscle that has to be worked, right? You got to sharpen those skills through your daily walk. So if you're sitting here, you're online, and you don't have it all together, you don't have a perfect past, you don't have the Bible knowledge of a scholar, which, spoiler alert, I don't have that either, Right, I don't have a Jesus degree, but I have Jesus. And if you're a follower, then you do too. You are equally as qualified to tell others. You don't need to fit this cookie cutter mold to be here with us at Real Life Church. I'm here to tell you today, quite frankly, in three simple words, I'm here to tell you, you got this. You can do this, guys. And so I think about these old bumper stickers. Maybe you saw these. These are old school back in the day. See them on like Fords, see them on Jeeps, things like that. And it'd say something really kind of condescending, right? It would say, huh, it's a Jeep thing. (laughs) You wouldn't understand. (laughs) It's a Ford thing. (laughs) You wouldn't get it. Right, Rob? You wouldn't get it. He's my Ford guy back there. But no, it's so fun. (laughs) Brutal. Here's the thing, though. Here at Real Life, man, it's a God thing. Let us help you understand. We want to walk you along on this journey. We we don't believe in gatekeeping the gospel. That's not what we're about at all. So I just want you to know, man, it, it, it's, it's a blessing and an honor to see new believers do things like coming out to the New Here socials, coming out to the the no God class. And really, there, there's a humility to that. To, as an adult, going to these new classes and saying, hey, I, I, I don't have. That's totally cool, man. You are in the right place. My favorite man is when people go out to crash course and they go to Pastor Sean and they say, man, I don't know what I don't know. I don't know what I'm qualified for, but man, I'm ready to step out and I'm ready to get off the sidelines. I'm ready to serve God in a new and exciting way because quite frankly, I can't keep my God to myself any longer. What a blessing to see you guys going through that path. And I just, there's stories all across this room of people who have done this. Man, you got this. If that's not your story yet, it can be, it will be. You got this, no matter where you land on that spiritual scale. I want to go back to 1 Peter chapter 2, and we're going to look at 5 and then 9. So not all the way through, just those two. It says in 5, You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ then down in nine, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. I see words in there, things about being the, the priesthood, the nation, generations. These are all words that really just define big groups of people. He's talking to the church, and I hope you know by now that the church is not a building, right? The church is you, the church is us as a big group of people. And we we just learned that we are unique. There's something different about us, there's something special about God's church that makes us unlike anyone else in the world. Yet. Because what did I say? Do we gatekeep the gospel? No, that's not what it's about at all. So that keyword yet. We are called to be holy and set apart, and we're also called to witness and get out and disciple others so that they can have exactly what we have. So, two foundational truths today that will make you realize how unique and empowered you are as a church, and you'll be able to stand up and say, I got this. All right, the first truth is you are called to be set apart as royalty. All right, quick story. My wife and I and the kids, man, we just love to take family walks, right? So we got a nice little busy street, and we've been getting pretty close to some of our neighbors. And they're they're a really sweet couple. Uh, Jim Earl and Becky Sue, I think are their names. Jim Earl, Becky Sue. Lovely couple. They love to sit on their front porch in the evenings, right? So we're walking by and it's sun, it, the sun's going down, the light's hitting them just right. And this is kind of weird. I, I can admit this, it's kind of weird. I said, man, Holly, like they're they're looking like, just look how the light's hitting them on the front porch. Like, this is, like, mantle-worthy picture, right? They're going to want to send this into, like, Walgreens and, and get this, you know, blown up, right? So I look at Holly, and I, I say, should I ask him? And she goes, go ahead, whatever. I said, hey, Jim Earl, Becky Sue, can I take your picture really quick? I think you're really going to want to see this. So can, can we throw that up there so everybody can see? So that's that's Jim Earl, that's Becky Sue. <laughs> okay. Bad dad joke, that's not Jim and Becky Sue. These are not our neighbors. That's not the kind of neighborhood we live in. Who, who are these people? They're what? Royalty. They're royalty, right? This is uh, Queen Elizabeth. Rest in peace. And if I have my understanding right, this is uh, the now King Charles. I, I I don't mean to offend anybody who's super into the royals. Uh, the royals that speak most into my life are guys like Salvador Perez, uh, Zach Grinky, come on <laughs> those are the royals that really meet me where I am so I apologize if I got that wrong but but look at these guys they're royals they're living they're, there's something different about them the clothes that they're wearing weren't snagged off the TJ rack TJ Max clearance rack good job Drew you really stumbled on that one were they No, of course not. That's not the the clothes. Do you think the thrones that they are sitting on, were those found from a smoke-free, pet-free home on Facebook Marketplace? Probably not. That's the life I'm used to, right? That's not not what this is. No, but don't miss this, though, for real. Just by looking at them, there's something different. There's something uncommon about these people, from the way they're dressed to the way they live their lives. They live on purpose. They live with a purpose. They're from a royal lineage. They know who they are and what they do. They are set apart. And really, the biggest thing they do is they provide that sense of stability, of consistency to the people of Great Britain. That's why there was lines miles deep when she passed away, right? People that, like, genuinely had love and and, and affection for her. She did it for so long and really just something to aspire to. Well, guys, I'm telling you what, we're called to that as Christians. Now, I'm not calling you to a life of lavish luxury and riches and all that. That's not what the call is. But the call is to be set apart. The call is to live our lives in a way with such consistency and stability, and peace in our walk with Christ, that when things get rough for the people who are close to us, we're the people that they're going to turn to. We're the people they're going to think of to call and say, man, it all hit the fan. I'm going to call my brother Eddie, because man, Eddie's got something. Eddie's got the strength. He's he's like that rock in my life, and I know that there's a lot of people I could call, but man, he's going to have a word for me, and a lot a lot of the times they don't even know why. They just know that we've got it. We're called to be set apart. Notice how I say we. Notice how I have not laid any of this responsibility on Pastor Sean or Barry or Diane or any members of our, of our staff team, anybody with a title, with a role, anybody that's in high visibility leadership. It, it is their job, but it's not only their job. We've got some skin in the game, don't we? All right, I'm not going to bore you with numbers because I am awful when it comes to math. Just true, like, embarrass. Like, it would embarrass me to tell you the things that I pull my calculator app out for. It would, like, I would feel real shame if you could see the things I have to pull that out for. Like, if I have three apples here. No, I'm just kidding. It's not that bad, but it's pretty bad. Um I did some numbers, and I'm just going to give you the gist of it, okay? Basically, in 2021, it says online, and we can always believe it, <laughs> We can always believe everything we read online. It said in 2021, there's uh, over 109,000 people in Cass County. So I rounded out the number of about the high visible leaders here at Real Life, you know, people on staff and all that stuff, to about seven. And if you do the math on that, basically, if we just left that up to them, they would each be responsible for reaching out to over 15,000 people. So as you can see, the math ain't mathing on that one, right? That's not something that's gonna be reasonable at all. It's time for us to get off the sidelines. It's time for us to make a stand for Jesus and say, we got this. We can do this. We're equipped for this. Don't miss this part. You may not have a scepter, but you have the spirit. What's better? What's better than that? Let's look at uh, John uh, chapter 13 here. Your love for one another will prove to the world... That you are my disciples. In 2 Corinthians, Paul reminds us how we're to live set apart when he says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have a divine power to demolish strongholds. You're royal, guys. You are set apart apart people are seeing you and the way you live your life and they're seeing Jesus through that but i'm going to ask you a hard question now is that always the case How, are we always actively living that out in our lives are we doing that at home at work at school here's a really tough one it's kind of like that whole if i'm if i'm pointing out to you right now in a in a gentle way i hope i've got three fingers pointing back at me behind the steering wheel that's a hard one. You know the queen has a nice little wave. Do our waves behind the steering wheel always look like hers? Whew, it's hard, isn't it, right? Some of you are picking up what I'm putting down there. But I'm here to tell you today, though, even if that's not the case, going forward, you got this. You can do this. Man, I just want you to see yourselves as God sees you. You're built different. But you know what? We're not only royalty. We're also called to be a holy priest, Or, uh, yeah, a holy priest or a royal priest. So what does that mean? Well, I don't know about you. When I think about priests, I think of the Catholic Church. When I think of the Catholic Church, I think of my best friend, Jeff, who's also here in the house today. Love you, brother. I'm so glad you're here. And, man, Jeff has Jesus. He's been a Catholic his whole life. He's still going after it. And I have learned so much from him and his faith. Obviously, stuff looks different in a lot of different ways. But, man, Jesus shines through my buddy. And so I was kind of laughing, telling him what I was going to talk about today, you know, talking about the Catholics and stuff. I said, hey, man, all love, brother, love you. But um, what I think about the priests, though, in the Catholic church, man, they they really do sacrifice quite a bit. Because a priest is called to what? To abstain from marriage, to abstain from having a family, from a lineage to call his own, right? His job, when he takes that covenant, is really two things. To walk close with Jesus and to shepherd the flock there in the church. And I, 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 look, I know a lot of people have so many different experiences with the Catholic church. We're not here to get into that today. That's just I just want you to see, though, that we can all agree that's what a priest does. The priest makes this huge sacrifice. And so in, in 1 Peter 2.5, just that verse, we, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. We're called to do that. Now, the good news for us is we are not called to abstain from that exact thing that the priests do, right, from families and all that stuff. We're not called exactly to do that, not all of us at least. Um, in fact, really, Rome, in Romans 12, the Apostle Paul lays it out for us in a super practical way where he says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, this, is your true and proper worship. Don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Simply put, guys, in the Old Testament times, the way we worshiped, The way that we showed God uh, sacrifices was legit, literal sacrifices. The first fruits, the best lamb, the best ox, the best of your grains, the best of your oils. And you literally burned that and you showed God that, hey, you blessed me with this. I'm going to give you the best. Well, here in the New Testament, from then till now, right, Jesus paid all that. He paid all those debts for us. He got us out from offering those sacrifices, but we're not done sacrificing parts of ourselves to him. That's still a huge part of our worship. Okay, so here are some things that we sacrifice. We are called to sacrifice things like our plans. We're called to sacrifice our will, our ways, our agenda. Anything that we make up ourselves, anything that's about us, we are called to offer up to him, to give to him. So can I ask another hard question? Can you, thank you. I will. I'm going to go ahead and do that. Thank you. Can you look at yourself in the mirror and honestly say that you aren't conformed to the patterns of this world? Maybe not wholly, but are there some parts that we can sort of tune up a little bit? Okay? I'm saying to you, I promise. I'm always saying me too it's easy, it's easy to slip. It's easy to, again, like the illustration last week, it's easy to taste all the glory and then set it aside and get caught up in the world, right? Things like uh, when we get super caught up in government, in politics, I don't care which side of the aisle, or which channel or whatever, the rhetoric on both sides, when we get caught up in that and we get so fired up and that consumes our daily thoughts, that's a, a blink and we'll miss it. When we, anytime that anybody hates in the name of Jesus, people that has sins that are more visible than their own, it's so easy to get caught up in. And it. it happens quick. Look at a comment section. Whoo. This one's really, this one might hurt, and I promise I don't mean it to. When we get so hyped for our chiefs, and this one brings a tear to my eye. Remember when we used to get hyped for the royals? Gosh, that stings! I miss that. Come on, uh, but but seriously, we get so hyped and we yell and we scream and we alter our plans and we, we and these are great things, by the way. These are really fun. Nothing wrong with that. But we alter our plans and, and we get so hyped. And yet, maybe on a Sunday morning, we don't want to look weird or sound weird by shouting down Sean as he's given the word by raising our hand in abandon. You guys realize if you're new to that, because I was new to this not that long ago, when we're raising our hands, that's an act of surrender. That's all that is. That's not a show. It's not about you. People aren't watching you. People are looking at God and they're, or looking at the words on the screen at least, right? The words on the screen, looking to heaven. And it's an act of abandon. And I grew up that way. That's why this is so on my heart. I grew up that way. I, I never have any regrets about the way I grew up. But when it comes to worship, if we went to my childhood church, you could probably see the imprints that my fingers left on the pew in front of me. I was hanging on for dear life like it was the mamba or something. Come on. I had to relearn. I had to not relearn. I had to learn for the first time when I found my real life and purpose here that, man, it is okay. It's not a show. People aren't being rude or, or making it about them. It's an abandonment. You got this, guys. You can do this. It's so easy to get caught up in the patterns of this world. I hesitate to say this because I don't want anyone to take this the wrong way. But you know what? I do. Not the wrong way, but I want you to take this. And I want you to understand where the heart's coming from. Satan doesn't get us as Christians most of the time with the usual vices. The usual things that we think of aren't going to work on the children of God. But do you know where he's really good at? He is so good at this. He gets us busy. He gets us busy. He. Why did I talk so much about our calendar and our time? That's where he attacks us the best. And he attacks us with things that are good. These things by themselves are amazing. I'm talking about the sports teams that we put our children on, the dance, the cheer, the ballet. I'm talking about, man, season tickets to the Chiefs. I'm talking about all these Good and and God-honoring things, right? Man, get physical and, and, and build your strength and work as a team. And these things are wonderful. But do you think it's any coincidence that so many of these leagues and troops and yada yada meet on Sunday mornings? Do you think that's by accident? Of course it can't be. It can't be. And I'm not coming down on you. If you take part of that, man, God bless you. That's awesome. What I want you just to think about is just that conforming to the world. So really what I'm looking at is not the act itself, but how easy is it to put God on the shelf? How easy is it to say, yeah, we'll get there next time or, or, you know, whatever, because these things are more important. It's Father's Day, guys. How easy is it to spend a Sunday morning on the golf course? Right? 7 a.m. When the, before the weather gets too hot to hunt and fish. I mean, it, these are great things, and they just. it's so easy to get caught up in it. So I hope you hear my heart on that and the why. It's all about just, man, keeping him at the forefront. We're not called to be living sacrifices because it's easy. We're commanded to do it, to honor him. Look at John 15, 4. If remain in me and I will remain in you, for a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine. You cannot be faithful unless you remain in me. Everything changes when you become a sacrifice to God. Last thing I want to give you, um, and those were the two truths. I want to give you an action step now. Guys, we are called as believers to do two things. We're called to be discipled and we're called to be disciple makers. And so, I want to just define that really quick. Being a disciple uh, being a disciple or disciple maker, really kind of an easy way to put that is going life on life with somebody. That's really what it is. Think about what Jesus did. He had 12 guys that he did everything with, traveled with, ate with, ministered to people with, healed people with. He taught them with his words, yes, but man, they, they learned so much about how to walk with God just by being with Jesus. And so if you're a young Christian and you're thinking, man, I'm not ready to disciple somebody. I'm not there yet. Well, we've already solved that problem, right? I believe I said three little words called you got this. And that's still true. You just need Jesus. You can do this, right? But I want you to think about it maybe in some ways that make a little more sense to you. Do you, do you ever go grab coffee? Do you go out to dinner? Do you go see a game? Do you bake with friends? Guys, I apologize for this example, but do you shop with people? the guys are cringing no don't don't take my wife on a target run right (laughs) but do you shop with people do you build a deck with people do you work on cars with do you skin a deer with brother clint do you squint (laughs) do you you skin a squirrel with (laughs) right these are things the point is these are things we're already do let's take it up a notch we can do these things And talk about Jesus. We can do these things and ask the hard questions. In fact, I want to talk to you about how that looked in my life in a critical time in my early 20s. I want to talk about the time I was discipled by a really special guy. His name is Joe Lucero. And when I was in my 20s, I was going through college. So I wasn't aimless. I knew where I was going. But in a lot of ways, I was not spiritually mature. And what Joe Lucero did for me, it's super simple. This isn't groundbreaking. He invited me to join him and his family life on life. I'm talking about simple things like, hey, Drew, we're going up to play tennis tonight. Me, the wife, the kids, you want to come join us? I've never played tennis, but sure, that sounds fun, man. You want to go out to lunch? Sounds great. Fully planning to pay. And I I can't tell you nine times out of ten, he picked up the bill. He knew I was a poor college student at that time. But what I love the most about these times and the reason I kept going back and was so excited because we didn't just talk about the chief score and we didn't just talk about the movies that we saw that week and things like that. Man, Joe had real questions for me. He challenged me with hard questions and he gave me real answers. And I needed that so badly at that time. I'm telling you, the reason I, when I met Holly, Everything was so intentional about that. It just the, the way I planned up to doing it and just getting that instant feeling when I met Holly for the first time. You know, this is a woman of God. That's who I've been praying for for years and years and years. I have the wife and the family I always prayed to God for. And I knew to look for that because I was discipled by a guy named Joe. He taught my Sunday school class. But, man, it was the life on life where I really learned so much from him. And he didn't give me a Bible quiz. He, he did, I didn't need to measure up and, and earn that. He just saw something in me, knew I needed guidance, and he stood up and did it. And, man, I, I didn't even really, the funny thing is, it's really been the last few weeks that I even recognized that I was being discipled. Really just hearing Pastor Sean, and that's been so on his heart. And I'm like, wow. That's exactly what Joe did for me, man. So let's get, let's start thinking, you know, who are some people in our lives that we can pour into? If we're young Christians, who are some people in our lives that we can ask some hard questions to and just figure all this stuff out? You got this, guys. Here's how you can do this. Number one, we're going to follow the Michael Jackson rule. It's kind of weird. What's that mean? Here, okay, it's not that weird. Start with the man in the mirror. Okay, he didn't make it weird. (laughs) Woo, Drew didn't make it weird. No, start with the man in the mirror. First question, do you have Jesus? Do you already have Jesus? If your answer is no, like you're learning, but that's not there yet, well, then don't worry about anything else until you get there. Work on being discipled. You can belong before you believe. Work on being discipled. Ask those questions. But if you do have Jesus, you still need to be discipled because you always have people that are further down the road from you than where you are right now. You should always have believers. Men, you're looking for godly men. Women, you're looking for godly women that you can just ask those questions. to. And I, I would be absolutely shocked. If anyone met you with anything other than "Yeah, I'd love to tell you about that. Let's hang out sometime," I'd, I'd be floored if any believer would do that. So just, man, don't be anxious about going out there and asking. Because here's the deal: no matter where you're on your journey, you can't pour from an empty cup. You can't do it. You need someone pouring into your life so you can go out and pour into others. Drew, who do I pour into? Who, who can I disciple? We well, already started with the man in the mirror. Look in your house. Can you disciple your spouse, your kids? What about your neighbors? What about your coworkers? Family outside the home? These people we talk talk about each and every week, the people that are close to us and far from God. Maybe they're not even far from God, but they're just young and they're just learning. That's who we're looking for. Guys, don't just make this decision on your own. Pray about it. Pray that God will reveal names and faces to you during this time. Because I'm telling you, every one of us has a next step with God. I look in this room and, and, I, and I think about people that are pouring into my life today. Pastor Sean, Barry, Scott Germain, Vic. These are guys that I can just watch their lives. Bill Hardy, I can just watch their lives and the things they say Are dripping with so much spiritual gold, I feel it in my soul. I learned so much. My prayer for you is that you can have one, at least one, two, three, four people that you can say the same thing about. If not, I just urge you, get on your knees in prayer, get discipled and go out and be a disciple maker. Why? Because you're royalty. You're part of the priesthood. God expects it. It's a gift that God gives us to be set apart. Let's go Let have others join us on this race. I promise you I'm not gonna crunch too many numbers, but if, if there was a, let's just use a round number about 100 people, 100 people in the room online, whatever, 100. I'm not great at math, 100 people. If all 100 people listening to my voice right now started discipling one person. I promised myself I wasn't gonna open up my calculator app. That's 200 people, Right? 200 people instantly living for Jesus. If you double that and replicate that, I had to learn a a mathematical term from Pastor Sean. He said, this is exponential growth, not simple multiplication, all that stuff. How many generations would it take if we doubled that, if we just went on down the line? To reach all the United States, 20 generations, to reach the entire world, 25. When's the best time to plant a tree? 30 years ago, right? 25 years, 25 generations ago, right? When's the second best time? Today. Right now. Real life, you got this. I promise you, you can do this. You if you have Jesus in your heart, you are qualified to do this. And I hope you leave here encouraged today. Don't miss this. I don't want, not that I don't want. I I refuse to let the enemy tell you that you're not qualified. We're not going to stand for it anymore. We're not going to let the enemy tell us that we're not good enough, that we're not smart enough, that we're too young of a Christian. We don't have all the head knowledge. You're never going to have all the head knowledge. You don't have a scepter. You have the Spirit. You have Jesus. And I tell you, why does the devil do that? Because he's terrified. Satan is terrified of what the people of Real Life Church will do if we go out and get discipled and be disciple makers. He's terrified. One of my favorite pastor quotes ever for one of my favorite pastors, his name is Dr. Tony Evans. He's down in Dallas. He says this, check this out. It's up on the screen. A kingdom man is the kind of man that when his feet hit the floor each morning, the devil says, oh crap, he's up. Isn't that good? Oh man. And I'm telling you, women, you are called to be kingdom women as well and do the same exact thing. So I have a question for you. How we feel in church? Can we do this? You are qualified, you are more than enough. You have Jesus in you and you can do this. And if you don't, then I pray. I pray that you will look at the, the Jesus followers in your life and you will just see that consistency, that stability, that peace beyond all understanding. Pound in the pulpit. <laughs> that peace beyond all understanding that's only found in Jesus Christ. We know what to do. The only thing we really have to do now is go out and do it, right? I want everyone to bow your heads. Father, I just thank you so much for setting us apart. I thank you for who you've called us to be. And God, I just pray that we can leave here knowing how special we are to you and set apart. And I pray that we can truly live out that idea that it's a God thing and we're gonna go out and help the world understand. Don't let us pour from an empty cup, God. Bring disciple makers into our lives. Let let us humble ourselves to be discipled. And then give us the strength and boldness to go out and disciple others in your name. Let us start today, start this week and impact the world for generations to come. And I wanna talk to you just for a moment as Jesus followers. If you are a Jesus follower in the room, you might be saying to yourself, man, I'm tired of it being all about me. I need to lay myself down on the altar. I need to be that living sacrifice. I'm ready to be a disciple and to be a disciple maker. Start with me first, God. Show me where I need to change. Help me offer up my first fruits to you in the hard areas of life. God, I'm tired of sitting back. I want to be the kind of Christian that makes the devil nervous. I want hell to shake and quake every morning that I wake up and my feet hit the ground. If that's you today, I just ask you, every head still bowed, every eyes closed, to just take a courageous moment. If that's you today, will you raise your hand? God sees your hands and he sees your hearts. I want to pray for you right now with your hands in the air and just say, Father God, Thank you for moving through this place today and just speaking into people's lives and and just changing maybe the way that they're thinking about themselves, God. Help them to see how worthy they are to proclaim you. Thank you for their boldness. I'm gonna talk to people in the room and online right now, this other group of people who don't have Jesus yet. The people that are realizing that that you're just stuck in the world. You're conformed to the world. You're, you're, you're a slave to these outside forces. And, and you've been wondering why that peace isn't there, that stability isn't there. And you're hearing these words and you wanna be, you're ready to be royal. You're ready to be set apart. Some of you right now are recognizing that a disciple maker is the reason you're here today. Someone's, that's that's been pouring into your life. If that's you I, and you're ready, I, to bring Jesus into your life and to lay the old down and to start a new life in him, then I just want you to pray this prayer with me. And I got to set the record straight, man. This is not a special prayer. I don't have a Jesus degree. I don't have the perfect words, but I I just want you to pray this prayer because it's not the words that save you anyway. It's the heart change. It's the heart change. So if that's you, I want you to pray with me. I want you to say, Jesus, man, I I know I don't have the answers. And I'm tired of being on the hamster wheel wheel and just doing the same thing over and over and over again. God, I just, I, I feel your spirit just pulling on my heart today, telling me it's time to come home. It's time to lay down the burden. And it's time to start being a sacrifice to you. It's only you, Jesus. It's only ever been you, Jesus. And thank you for revealing that to me so I don't know how to do it I I, I don't expect to be perfect God but I'm ready to walk with you and I'm ready to ask hard questions I'm ready to learn from others I'm ready to start today thank you for forgiving my sins Jesus I know that you died and you rose again and you will reign forever as King Jesus thank you it's in Jesus name amen Man, if you prayed that prayer today, we are excited for you. Can we give a big real-life salute for anyone that did today? I'm telling you guys, you got
0: this. Drew Holcomb, come on, man. That was a good word, buddy. Bring the spiritual passion day and the dad jokes. Do your eyes hurt, Holly, from rolling so much? Oh, man, I just love watching guys uh, really just take a stand for Christ and seeing you grow and uh, what you said, your heartbeat for the church come down on my chiefs. Man, that hurt a little bit, but stepped on my toes to get to my heart. So. I loved it. Um, But, man, I appreciate you, man, your heart and uh, what God's doing in your life. Really just giving us a challenge today. I would encourage you guys, man, talking about royalty and the Holy Spirit maybe speaking to you. Like, man, I'm different. You know, simply said, uh, when people see you, they see something different because Jesus is in you. Holy Spirit's in you. And some of you guys just felt that call in your life today that you're a holy priest. You're set apart on purpose. And really a priest just uh, brings people to God. This whole point of a priest is this. Come on, let's go this way. And uh, for some of you today, uh, you became royalty. Some of the day you became a child. You became a son or daughter of the king today. And uh, we want to cheer you on. Uh, what we do around here is we just help you find Jesus and help you guys grow. And uh, we want to help you. And we have a free resource, we have a book we want to mail to you. But if you take that connection card, just say, Hey, I give my life to Jesus. Uh, you followed that prayer first time in your life. Man, I said yes to Jesus. You became a son of the King. And we want to cheer you on. More importantly, we want to help you grow. It's so easy to walk away and drift, and we want to give you steps and encouragement. So check that box, and we're reaching out to you and encourage you every step of the way. Uh, there's a Bible on the way out for you as well in the red bag. I will say, if you don't own a Bible, uh, feel free to take the Bible. It's free. Come on, somebody. I know some of you guys are like, I don't have one around. Just grab the Bible. We'll, we'll get Bibles in Jesus' name, right? Uh, I got a couple next steps for everybody. Uh, there's some cards on your chair and uh, you got to think of this question, like who needs what you just heard today? Who, who in your life needs uh, the spiritual encouragement of who they are in Christ? Who in your life maybe is just kind of flowing through and it's like, man, they don't go to a church or they, they need Jesus, uh, that maybe they're lost and they're on your heart and you know God maybe is moving or you want to move with God. I would encourage you, man, take what you're seeing here and bring it out to the world. Amen. And if you're not confident enough, maybe to take all those steps, these uh, things just to invite them back here. Uh, I don't say that's the number one way to evangelize somebody, uh, but I will say it works, amen. Uh, we have people come to Christ every week. And so I'd encourage you, be praying for a move of God in your life. Uh, if you don't know where to start, you maybe you don't have someone in your life that's discipling you or somebody showing you the ropes, I'd encourage you to continue to pray and, and ask God. And uh, it's, it's funny, there's people all around you. Uh, one of the greatest ways to get connected to that is really through a life group. Uh, they're just spiritual fathers and moms, dads, brothers, sisters, and sons and daughters. And you play a part in all three of those stories. And I would encourage this our third week of life groups getting ready to launch into it. It's not too late. Jump in a group. Amen. Uh, and if you can't make it every week, hey, good, good, because I'm not making it every week. Right? So just come in a couple times, find some friends. Like, And you not only are you going to be blessed, but you get to be a blessing. And so often we want to be a sponge and soak up, but, you know, God's calling us to pour out as well. And you have to have both in your life. And so I encourage you, to get into a life group, check it out, don't get too nervous, nobody bites. Uh, but it's just a lot of fun pointing people to Jesus and uh, play part of that story, what God has for you. Uh, you'll never know how God's gonna use your story. Uh, also, I encourage you, a couple things coming up. Uh, our real life youth is going to camp. Uh, camp Lake, the Ozarks, come on, somebody. Uh, it's gonna be awesome. It, they're actually going to my house down there, so it's gonna be great. <laughs> so we got wakeboarding and all sorts of, I mean, the water sports, right? All this, we do all the stuff, right? Um, you know, the fire, all these things. Here's the big thing. Uh, we have Jesus. And uh, youth camp is like unplugging from the world, unplugging from the all the day to day, normal, whatever, all the old things thrown in your face, and just getting plugged into Jesus. And uh, I'm a result of a youth ministry of a youth camp. Uh, I would not be doing this if it wasn't for youth camp. I wouldn't be doing this if, if I didn't have separated myself from the world. Somebody had sponsored my way, right? And, and, and made a way for me to know Jesus, and not only know Jesus, but also to get the call of God in my life. And so i wanna encourage you, if you're a parent or maybe you're a teenager in the house, man, um, if God's calling you to go, We're going to make a way for you to go. But just say yes and say, hey, you know, that's me. So pray about it. Say, hey, if God's in it, we're going to make a way. I know it's 240 bucks, which isn't too crazy for the amount of fun you're going to have, but also knowing Jesus. Uh, I would also encourage you to know you got calendar stuff, and it's going to be crazy, and it's a little late in the game. If it works out, we'd love to have you down there. It is one of those times, it's just absolutely incredible. And so just say yes to Jesus, and I'm telling you, God's going to shape your life. And so pray about it, look it up online, get the details, harass Carrie all you want. Come on, somebody, right? Get the questions answered. But I just know God's in it. And uh, last time we did this, I man, we had four kids come to Christ, and uh, it's just cool to watch. And, uh, and I love throwing the kids around on tubes, too. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll wear them out a little bit, so it'll be good. Uh, also, we've got uh, promotion Sunday come up next Sunday. So all real life kids are gonna jump up to the next grade. Uh, there's rumors of an ice cream party. Come on, with somebody. So have your friends invite friends. The kids come out, um, and the sixth grade moves up into real life youth this next Sunday night, and they're excited to have you in there. So it's gonna be a good time. I'll say thanks for generosity. Uh, we did something very special this last few months. Uh, there was a family in our church that was down to last car that turned into just falling apart, and uh, it's been we've been working on it, figuring it out, and to end up their car was really just kind of. It wasn't worth repairing. It was just too much this stuff going on. Ended up getting another car and uh, fixing it up and give it to them and got them on the road. And so this is a little bit of what your generosity do, does. Uh, we, we get to meet needs uh, and also feed souls. And we get to give people Jesus. And so every week, you know, it's just not like, oh, we turn the lights on and pay rent. No, 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 no. We get to give back to people and make a difference. And we love being generous. And so if you call our life home, I would encourage you, man, bless the thing that's blessing you. I would encourage you not to come back alone. Uh, you know, worship, you talk about worship. And worship is, is, you know, your heart and your money are tied together, right? I mean, they just are. Like, you can look at somebody's pocketbook and their calendar and you know exactly where their heart's at. Uh, and so they're directly tied. There's a cord that connects it to. But being a living sacrifice, it, it ultimately just go on the altar of God. Like we're the sacrifice, amen? And we just get down to the altar and we lay ourselves out and say, this is, this is my offering, God. So it's not about my will, it's not about my way, it's not about my dreams and all these things. It's all about you, Jesus. And just use this broken vessel for your glory, amen? And so part of that just worship is just uh, is giving generosity uh, through money. And just saying, I've been blessed, and so I'm just gonna get low and I want somebody else to be blessed. And that's how we see it. So we give as God uh, allows you to give. Just ask God and, and follow that. I would encourage you to renew with us. Church is free. Amen. Not kind of church, not gonna shake it down kind of thing. Um, but we, we want something for you. Uh, and ultimately, it's a blessing when you give. So I encourage you, man, just, just lay it on and make God, use this in so many ways. We have so many dreams for our community, and, and you saw Drew's heart crashing the numbers, the, the number man here. Exponential. When they start adding letters, man, it's crazy. Right, but God can use that and he will use that. And so I'd encourage you, there's three ways to give. Uh, you can give online, you can give um, in person to the buckets, through the, the giving box, you can text to give. And uh, if you got that communication card, check those boxes, be able to drop it in there. Also, if there's any loose cash and your family's in need of uh, food, clothing, or shelter, I encourage you I mean, to get, get in there and take what you need. And more importantly, ask one of our team. Uh, we'd love to bless you even more and help you and just give you the resource you need uh, in this time of need. Uh, we got an awesome video of a man who has changed uh, ultimately by Jesus, but through life groups. And this is last semester, and God just got to hold this man's heart. And it's just because relationships you put in me, you never know how one relationship changed your life. And this is what life groups can do. So I want you to check this out
5: hey everyone i'm clint and this is what god did in my life through life groups last semester i went to dan's freedom group dan talked me into it so i came and the first week, you know, it was like, oh yeah, this this is this is pretty cool. I'm meeting some meeting some cool guys and uh, you know God just really started started working in my life for those next few weeks and it really showed me what was dragging me down in my life and what it ended up being was alcohol for me. So I I quit drinking alcohol and, and I just prayed every day for, for strength and now I'm four months, alcohol free and uh, God is good. All the people that I went to the life group with really encouraged me to make changes in my life as well. Dan, especially uh, John, I really looked up to him and, and how he quit drinking in his story, and uh, that really, really made an impact in my life. The most thing that I'm thankful for that life groups taught me was how to pray. Now that I'm not drinking, my family life has improved so much, and I have feel like I have so much more time for my family and. And so much time to put forth towards God and teach my kids to love God and and how much God loves them. Towards the end of the life group when Dan told me that it was the last week you know I was beside a little bit of relief because you know I had changed so much and I had done so much changing that it was kind of like whoo I'm kind of done changing but come next week when there was no life group I was really missing it and it was like a part of me was missing that week and really made me want to dive into the next season hard. If you're on the fence about joining a life group, just go ahead and jump in. You won't regret it. It's gonna be tough at first, you might think, but you're gonna show up and think, oh, by seven o'clock, I'm out the door. And then eight o'clock rolls around and you're still having a good time talking, praying, and just worshiping God together with your brothers and sisters, and it's just amazing.
3: Give it up for Clint. Can I tell you guys one thing? Do not do life alone. This is one of the toughest guys in the world right here. For him to have that level of honesty and that level of humility, just to share with you guys what God's done in his life, anybody can do it if Clint can do it. And so. Get a part of a life group. There will be people there that will care about you, they'll love you. And again, like Sean said, you have an opportunity to give back. If there's anything that I see that is a loss in this world, it's a lack of connection that people are cared about and can care for somebody else, you will have that in a life group and God will use that in your life. So find a life group you can get a part of. You won't regret it. Can I tell you guys one more time? Happy Father's Day. That's right. Hey, take an opportunity. There's a photo booth out there. Go get your pictures taken with your family. We would love to hang out with you. If you guys need prayer for any reason, we would love to pray with you up here. Can't wait to see you guys next week at 9, 30 or 11. And as always, remember, whoever finds Jesus discovers real life and purpose.